Hi, my name is Jackie, and this is Alive and Active. This podcast is a weekly devotional where we will study scripture and challenge one another to a lifestyle that is fully alive in Christ. In this devotional, I will challenge you to actively pursue what God says and how we can apply it to our lives. So grab your Bible and your favorite beverage, and let's dig in together. In Judges, the world is in chaos. It's a dangerous time with no order in the midst of poverty. It seems like evil prevails. There is no fear of God's judgment or punishment of disobedience. Does this sound familiar? Does this sound familiar? It may feel like never have there ever been things so bad as it is in 2020. But Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Our current situation is not new or unexpected to God. How has unexpected changes impacted you? Hebrews 10, 34 through 39 says the way that we should respond, which I'm not going to lie, was very convicting to me. It reads, for you showed sympathy to the prisoner and accepted joyfully, hmm, joyfully, the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrieks back, My soul has no pleasure in him, but we are not those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith in the persevering of our souls. Would you willingly and peacefully give up your schedule, job, possessions because you were confident in the eternal kingdom inheritance? Or would you hold on with a death grip to your conveniences while kicking and screaming? I'm not going to lie. For me, I think it's been a combination of both. It's like a roller coaster. Sometimes I'm kicking and screaming, holding on to, I want to go back to the way the things were. And sometimes I'm just having to trust that God has a bigger and better plan and peacefully, willingly giving up these things and laying them at the cross and trusting that he will do what he says he will do and he will never leave us or forsake us. His promises are real. My second question for you is, have you ever embraced challenges with endurance and perseverance of your faith or are there areas in your life where you have shrunk back? James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Honestly, sometimes I feel strong and I find ways to serve or bless my community, neighbors, and family. I would say those are the weeks that I'm not doing anything on my own strength, but God is moving through me. Other weeks, I just want to lay down in a dark cave and not get up for weeks. Sometimes it's easy to focus on the negatives. So let's turn our focus to the positives. What are some positives that have come from enduring inconvenient times? For me and my family, we have learned to fully embrace the Sabbath. COVID has forced us to reconsider how we can honor God's good commands that are intended to protect us by making a day of rest fit into our schedule. Our Sundays used to be filled with church events, small group gatherings, and serving. 
although we do miss these things and they are very good and we're called to do them, God also commands us to have a day of rest because he knows we need to be still and recharge in order to have the energy and focus to start a new week and be all that he has called us to be. Another good thing that has come from this is the bond that me and my almost two-year-old have formed. I was forced to cancel playdates, trips to the park, zoo or aquarium, and just find things to do around the house. We started a preschool unit together and I got to use my nerdy passion and love for teaching with my one-year-old. Another amazing thing that has come from this is I finally walked in steps of obedience to creating this podcast. It's been so awesome to see the alive and active word of God come to life as I'm making these podcasts. For me personally, this podcast has just allowed me to see the word like literally alive and active. I've never seen it so alive in my life as it is right now. I also think it's really fun that I get to talk about revelations that God has given me. I'm not sure if anyone is hearing these or if people are actually growing in their walk from it, but I'm just being obedient to what God's called me to do and trusting that he'll use it how he sees fit. If you're having a hard time seeing the good, let me encourage you. It's not too late. You don't have to shrink back anymore. As long as you have breath in your lungs, you can still get involved and actively participate in kingdom work. So now we're going to go to the book of Ruth. Looking in chapter one, we see that this is the same time frame as Judges. There is famine in the land, so a man from Bethel in Judea gathers his family and they go to the country of Moab. This relocation was only supposed to last a couple of years, but for some reason, the family ends up staying for 10 years. We are introduced to the characters Elmelech and his wife Naomi. They have two sons, Halon and Kilian, end up marrying Moabite women, Orpha and Ruth. To marry someone that was not an Israelite, this was being disobedient to the old covenant. Maybe the consequences were that Ruth and Orpha never had children, which means Naomi was without grandchildren. The Israelites viewed children as a huge blessing from God to carry out traditions and their legacies. Naomi ends up losing her husband and her two sons making her a widow that is very vulnerable to the evil that is going on in the world. In chapter 1, verses 6 through 18, we see that Naomi is ready to return to Bethlehem. She blesses her daughter-in-laws and tells them to return to their country so that they can find new men to marry. Ruth ends up giving up all that she knows back in her hometown, foreign gods, family, and friends, in order to follow and take care of Naomi, an old widowed woman. We can see that Naomi is very bitter. It's very obvious in chapter 1 that Naomi is still mourning the loss of her family. In verse 20, she says, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mora, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why do you call me Naomi? Since the Lord has witnessed against me and the Almighty has afflicted me. My next question for you is, how might your perspective be distorted because you judge God or your life by your losses? Even though I don't know the sting of losing a child, I can't imagine that pain. I do understand her bitterness towards God. In the beginning of my walk with God, I knew that God was calling me to raise a generation that loved him, calling me to be a wife and a mom that relentlessly pursued him. I I knew that God was going to bless me with a family of my own. But in my singleness, as it dragged out as what I considered to be excruciatingly long, the wait became painful and I questioned if God really meant what he promised to me. 
I became bitter and I even avoided the topic of marriage in my prayers because it was so painful to even mention. During Naomi's sorrow, she kept moving to the promised land one step at a time. I can also relate to that because I stayed very active in my church. I still loved God, but I just questioned his motives for me. Even if you have doubts about God, you can still continue moving one step at a time. Keep trusting and believing in the unseen because this is a true act of faith in God's promises and the bigger picture. Ruth had no idea of the beautiful blessing God was working behind the scenes of her faithfulness. At the end of the story, you'll meet the character Boaz who takes care of Naomi and Ruth. He even takes Ruth as his wife. Boaz is the great grandfather of King David. Ruth is King David's grandmother. Isn't that amazing? A Moabite woman? Someone who's not even an Israelite, because of her faithfulness and dedication to Naomi, not only does she receive a child, but a child that will eventually lead to the lineage of Jesus. I can just imagine what if Boaz and Ruth actually sat at King David's table. Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And then there's a long list in chapter 11. If There are so many examples and Bible heroes that show us how to walk out faith even whenever it looks impossible. Hebrews 11 even says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I hope you are encouraged to keep moving in your faith. I would love to hear how this episode impacted you. Don't forget to check out your challenge in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. This awesome song is titled Meant to Be by Ark North featuring Christina Marina. Please know I am praying for you every week and I would so love it if you would pray for me as well because your prayers are powerful and effective. I would love to hear how this week's episode impacted you and I hope you'll join me next week. Until next time, let's go be doers of the alive and active Word of God.